0: Hello, hello, listeners to the Third Way Podcast. Welcome to episode 75, a special year-end edition. Uh, for the last several years, I actually since 2011, I have done an end-of-year retreat in some form or another. And over the past five or six years, I have published my flow or agenda for the retreat. Um, and so the, these flows are really designed around what I'm considering, what I'm thinking about, and then I'm just sharing them. So they're not, I'm not designing them from the outside in. I'm not designing them from um, a place of thinking of that I've got some sort of system or structure that y'all should use. It's just what I'm using. This year I'm doing something a little different um, and I'm doing a journal prompts. And you can follow along in the show notes. Um, and I would encourage you to then obviously, fill these prompts out yourself in uh, whatever uh, matter of timeliness is important to you. Before we keep going, I wanted to say two other things. It's just One is a thank you. Uh, my subscription base has grown both paid and free. Um, the podcasts in particular have been p- quite popular. I've had amazing guests. Every single one of them has been very interesting. Um, and the second thing is, as you will see in the show notes and in the header of the email, if you're listening to this via the email that goes out, is a link to a short survey. I would love to hear from you about what you would like to see from me as it relates to the third way, the content, the community, the structure, etc. So I'm going to give you these questions, um, explain them a little bit more, and then I'm going to give you my answer uh, because I I want to amp up the vulnerability a little bit more even. So the first question is, is, is what is a 2022 achievement to celebrate? Was this planned or unplanned? Well, the biggest achievement I think was, for, for me, was the amount of inner growth that I did. And this is reflective in reflected in my relationship with myself, my relationship with Virginia, our family, my friends, and, in, and within my you know creative practices and work. And some of it was planned in the sense that, you know, I go to therapy every two weeks and I meditate almost every day. But a lot of it was unplanned and a lot of it came from, from triggers, actually. You know, We try to eliminate triggers. Um, Instead, I I got up, started to get upstream from them. I saw what might be triggering. And then when it happened, I learned from it. And that's an achievement unto itself, um, to be able to weather and learn from a triggering experience. The second question, what didn't work in 2022 that you want to work in 2023? Uh, You know, a lot of things worked. And the things that didn't work were iterative. Um, I think the main thing for me is more consistency with my health. Um, I lost a lot of weight uh, being in a partnership with a vegetarian or pescatarian helped and being happy helped too. So I lost a lot of weight and I'm a, I'm a bigger guy. I'm six, three, somewhere around two thirty five, and I want to be a strong old man. So I'm 52 when I'm in my mid seventies, I want to be that guy that people look at and go, wow, that old dude's in shape. But which means I got to start doing that now. And I just would have been very inconsistent. Um, and so that's one of my goals, which is sort of obviously cliched for a, a New Year's resolution type thing. But that's what I want to work for me in 2023. What do you want for 2023 that you already have? Now, this is kind of a, a almost like a Zen Buddhist riddle, a Cohen. Um, and w- what I want for 2023 that I already have is peace. Uh, Peace within myself. And I'm moving from being sort of a man of conflict, willing to get in the face of someone or challenge someone to still doing that if necessary, but mostly being a man of peace, being someone safe to be around, being someone that's calm in a crisis. Um, And I already have that. Uh, I just need to continue to nurture it. What do you want in 2023 that you don't have now? I would say wealth. Maybe not wealthy, wealthy in 2023, because that's a a growth uh, thing. But I have really designed my my businesses over the years around freedom, and I still want that. I don't want to be locked in just because the business model is successful. But I, I think what has suffered from that is some sustainability uh, of of revenue and actually getting to moving beyond from making a living or paying my bills to actually generating real wealth. And I've got extra motivation. I need, we need to get to Portland regularly, at least once a quarter to see our grandchildren and and my and our family there. Um, I got a wedding in 2023 to pay for. Um, I've got um, just other things that I, of the kind of life that I want to have and wealth is, is going to be required, which means there's a discipline component to it. The next question, where are the current biggest gaps between your intentions and actions? And this is inspired by a term I learned from Virginia called consequente. Consequente loosely translates, it's one of those cool words that doesn't really fit in English, but loosely translates to having your, your heart, mind, and actions in alignment. Um, and I think the biggest gaps for me are um, as far as intentions and actions. It goes back to a kind of liberated discipline, um, which is sometimes called flow state. And so I have all these intentions, but my actions don't necessarily reflect that frequently. And that's because I realize now that I have expended a lot of energy kind of chasing dopamine. Uh, And now that I know that I have a dopamine shortage, um, thanks to ADHD, I'm aware that my actions can be dopamine seeking rather than meaning seeking or impact seeking or um, expanding my consciousness, or or working on my body, or whatever. So I think that's the biggest gap. What are two to three challenges you want to experience in twenty twenty three? I wanted I want to learn to dance, um, like for real. Being yeah, being in a partnership with a Latina who's a phenomenal dancer. You know, it's quite intimidating. And dance has been one of those things that I've sort of avoided um, over the years. And but I do want to learn, and I want to be good enough that when we go out that i'm not just the clumsy gringo um and so part of that challenge is i want to dance like at home even if it's by myself to the point of you know getting sweaty and uh homage to napoleon dynamite uh getting sweaty dancing because it means i'm moving which checks that box but it also means i'm learning another challenge i want to have is i want to try at least one uh cold plunge i want to see what that's like i know that there are direct benefits for adhd um, so that that's gonna that's gonna happen and um, i th- I think the other challenge is more spiritual and it's more of just the challenge of being of, of being present in every moment of not just passing time, not striving not overly like you know hustle hustle all the time, but just being present in the moment and appreciating. Every single moment of life, and I think that's a challenge because for me, I live in kind of almost a multi-dimensional state sometimes. you know I think about the past a lot and I think about my to-do list, I think about my dreams, I think about my worries, and so I have to really work at being present, and that's gotten easier with meditation and, and mindfulness practices, but still a challenge. Who is someone in your support circle and someone in your challenge circle? And I'm gonna do these as kind of shout outs to people. Well, of course, um, Virginia is in both of those. Um, my former partner, Lena, is in both of those. Uh, my sons are in both of those. My daughter-in-law, Sarah, Caden's um, partner, Madison, they all, all within the family, the kind of family dynamic that we have, they're in that both support and, and challenge circle. Um, From a support standpoint, I think of my dear friend, Tim Milburn, uh, and Tim lives in Boise, and he's in the support circle. He's one of the guys, if I'm having a shitty day or I'm struggling, I can call him um, and we can talk things out. And there are many others that are in that circle as well. Challenge circle, I would shout out to uh, Kelly Campbell, my dear friend Kelly in New York, who is um, a trauma-informed coach and thought leader on trauma and entrepreneurism She is, she's, she challenges me. She's also in the support circle, but she really challenges me. And then another person that's kind of in both is Mike Green. Mike is uh, a dear friend. He's the one that I went to Alaska with for a wilderness leadership adventure. Um, And he, he he's a, he's a challenger and a supporter. And again, there are many, many others um, that I could, I could give you. My friend, Juan Kingsbury is another one that's kind of in both. The reason I have this on here is that, We need to remember who we want to really, that there is a sort of a hierarchy of investment, let's put it that way. And the people that are willing to be there for you, to support you and challenge you, they need kind of their own version of the five love languages. And I don't want to forget people and I don't want to take people for granted. So that's why thinking in this terms is helpful. What is the highest level of convertible value for your talents? Convertible value is that idea that I've had for a while now, which is, you know, latent potentiality. It's the, it's, you take your talents, your gifts, your skills, your resume, whatever, and you think of convertible value is you have to be able to convert that to value. Having the skill, having the gift is not enough. Um, It's the, it's the, you know, as I've, I've said many times, being the best kept secret just means you suck at marketing. And so that convertible value means you're turning it into something. For me, it really is around, coaching and and especially around messaging. Um, and in the work that we're doing with Massive, that messaging is the messaging of the cause that the uh, conscious business leader is behind, but also the, their message to the world, their point of view, their conversation they want to own. And you combine that with what um, Virginia does, Virginia's skills, and then that's what Massive is. It's a combination of our talents. And I think that that's, that's a place of convertible value. Um, that's probably the highest level um, that we can that we can get to. What are my most underutilized assets? Well, I think time I think I'm better at time than I've ever been, uh, but I still waste a lot of time. Uh, and I think part of it is, is I don't like rigidity too much. I don't like I know some people like to time block what their tasks are, and that just gives me anxiety to do that. But also, if I don't have some sort of structure, I get in that lovely ADHD sit and spin, where I just sort of move from menial, trivial tasks, you know, to checking my email to scrolling social. So I need some sort of structure with time um, that is reflective of the fact that I have time, and also I have this, you know, ADHD relationship with time. And for someone with regulated ADHD, my I don't I don't I don't get time blindness frequently. I get, a, I get time wasting um, where I'm just, you know, dicking around and not actually doing anything uh, productive. What's a new skill you want to learn? One for self, relationships, and work. Um, self-skill I want to learn is I want to learn a, I want to learn to speak Spanish. Um, that's a skill I want to learn, at least functional Spanish. Um, relationship, that's where dance comes in because I know it's going to directly contribute to my relationship, my partnership with Virginia. And I think it's going to give me a greater sense of my body. So it's also an investment myself and and a work skill. I think it's project management Um, my way. (laughs) You know, I'm not a fan of Trello or too much of the project management stuff, but the type of work we're doing with our clients has got a lot of moving parts. I'd like to have it as a skill that at least I understand the process of project management. What is something new you want to experience in 2023? Um, well, I mean, I think getting married to Virginia, that's something new in 2023. That's certainly on the list. And I already, already mentioned cold plunge. Um, I want to travel to some more places, um, with, with Virginia. I want to, you know, within the United States, um, and they're not new. I've been there before, but doing things with her is a new experience. So going to New Orleans as an example, or maybe the Grand Canyon, um, and then obviously overseas um, to Latin America or, you know, out of the country to Latin America and overseas into Europe. Um, and internally, something new I want to experience is just living from a place of joy. Um, I still battle at times with morning negativity. I've, I've said over the years, I wake up terrified then talk myself out of it. And I, and I want to live joyfully. Um, that's something I want to experience because I have so, so much to be grateful for. And there are things that I want that I don't have, like I mentioned, Um, but I do feel like I'm at a place where I'm leaving a lot of the past behind. And I understand my trauma responses. I understand the way my mind works. I understand the neurobiology of me. And I think it's time to just experience more joyfulness. These are the uh, two fill in the blanks. What do I want to do more of and less of in 2023? More of 2023, I want to do more speaking. Um, either by myself or as a duo with Virginia. And less of, I would like to have less um, chasing after like small deals just to pay the bills. Um, I want want to work on big projects that pay well. In 2023, I want to feel more of and less of. I want to feel more peace and bliss and embrace the idea that bliss is possible. And it's not just a woo-woo, you know, bullshit bingo word. And less worry or angst Um, and i'm I'm getting better at that i can see it if i was to map it on a trajectory i can actually see that i am worrying less and less and a lot of that is just a combination of stillness and gratitude and, and creativity the last part of this is a new thing it's a spiritual intelligence assessment it's loosely based on the chakras and it's it's i'm thinking in terms of these energy centers that we all have every single human being has them you know, I'm I'm sort of a skeptical mystic, I guess you could say. So there's a scientific side of me that's like I'm not sure what it is, but there's definitely something there. It's like consciousness or spiritual consciousness. There's something there, and so at a minimum, this is a framework. I'm not saying it's a system. I'm saying it is a framework, and I'm going to give myself the score here on each of these. So channeling wisdom—that's that's the ability to sort of get the download from the universe. And on a scale of one to ten, I, I think it varies between like five and eight or nine. Some days I have these like flashes I know don't come from my brain. And um, I, that used to happen a lot more, but I think it's, I was in a different place in the journey. Um, and so I think, again, this is being connected to the body. This is directly related to the pituitary gland, and uh, which comes from, you know, being in a place of good stimulation. Uh, the second one on a scale of one to 10 is trusting intuition. And, you know discerning as i've done and i've talked about just the difference between instinct and intuition instinct especially as a trauma survivor is is faulty intuition is always spot on and i think i think i'm probably at a at a 9 what i struggle with with in, with intuition is not intuition itself it's the static of instinct the static of worry and anxiety so if i quiet the static i can really feel the intuition speaking truth i think i'm a 9 on that one Um, I'm much more gentle than I used to be, um, but I do speak the truth. I do open my mouth and I say what I feel. I'm vulnerable. I'm open. I ask questions. I think those are good. The fourth one, open heartedness or compassion. I'm still probably like a six or a five as my initial reaction. My initial reaction when someone is suffering is how do we solve this? It's not necessarily compassion. It's more problem solving but my heart is much more open and I do feel genuine compassion, but it's still not at the level that I know it could be. Um, Let's see. The next one is operating from my true self. I'd say that that varies again too, based off of how I'm feeling mentally sometimes, but I'd say on a consistent level at a seven. Um, Some days I feel so disassociated from myself, especially when I'm tired, but the more I learn stillness and the more I learn presence the more i operate from my true self because my true self is the natural state the rest of it's kind of an illusion or it's 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 fog or static and when i reduce that i'm living in my true self so true self isn't something that we go out and get it's something that we are and we just need to uncover it very similar to the story of you know the da- the statue of david wasn't carved per se is that it the, they removed the um the marble from around david that's that's what the true self is like Utilizing creative and sensual energy. This is sacral. I've been thinking a lot about sacral energy. I think that it is the, just as Taoism teaches, it is the circle of life. I think sacral energy, which could be, is creative energy. It's sexual energy. It's sensual energy. It's also called eroticism. And it comes from polarity. It comes from mystery, curiosity. Novelty is very important here. And I think I'm probably at a six to eight. Some days I feel higher than that. Some days I feel kind of numb. Um, but a lot of that, again, is related to biology, you know, lack of sleep and maybe uh, poor nutrition choices. So when I'm rolling, when I feel good, um, that sacral energy is very high for me. And the last one is the root chakra of overcoming fear. Um, so overcoming fear is, is I am I'm getting better at this and and part of it is I just name the things I'm afraid of. I write them down or I say them out loud. And I pull them into the light and I let them shrink. And, you know, still have fears about the future of life, of course, like any human. But it doesn't own me anymore. It doesn't direct me. I'm not trying to manage my fears per se. I'm just working through them. So I would give myself on most days a seven or eight here as well. The other questions are for you. If you were less than a six on any of these, what are you going to do to grow it? Like, what's your action plan for that? And if seven or higher, what will you do to protect and nurture it? And again, if you want to have a call and talk through any of these questions, but especially the spiritual intelligence assessment, just message me and we'll find a time to do it. No strings attached. I just want to be there for you if you would find that a benefit. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. I think this, this is a long monologue. I hope you found it useful. I would love to hear your answers to the questions, to these questions. So you can reply to some of them in the comments. If you want to be public about it, if you want to do it privately, just send me a message. Um, I hope that y'all have a great rest of 2022 over the next few days and uh, roll into 2023 um, happy, productive, alive, and focused. Love y'all.